from the Kramer Basketball Headquarters in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. You are listening to the Coach's Edge podcast, powered by Coach. Here is your host, Steve Kramer. Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast. Thanks for jumping in today. And five tips for summer basketball camp. If you're in my position or one similar, you're preparing for the month of June and for me, July and August as well for your team's summer basketball camp. And what does that look like for your basketball team, for your basketball program? What are some things that you want to make sure that you don't skip over and that you cover during your basketball camp? We could have picked many different topics, but I'm going to share with you five that stand out to me that I think can help you have a great summer basketball camp. All right. So let's just dig into this right here. The first one is culture. As we talk about running a basketball camp for your program, this probably involves maybe a four day camp. You have different age groups coming in throughout the course of the day. You have your high school coming in to probably help out some of your assistant coaches, maybe in and out throughout the course of the week. So there's a lot of prep and scheduling from that standpoint that goes into it. And then uh, you probably have some team practices before you get into your scrimmages and team camps, things of that nature with your varsity team. Now, getting back to it, the culture. How are you going to begin to instill the culture that you want to have or already have at the varsity level and at the high school level with the young kids within your program. That's huge, huge, huge. You've heard the statement, if you permit it, you promote it, which also means that we are setting some standards of behavior and how we operate and certain things will not be tolerated. No excuses, no profanity, no bad body language, no bullying. All these things can seem very common and things that we would hope kids wouldn't do. But guess what? They will. They do. We're all human. And so it's important for us to set the framework early, day one of our camp, so that everything else can go smooth. You don't want behavior issues to get out of hand. And then you have to come back and address those later. Take care of business early. A lot of times it just takes care of itself. We've had very, very few issues over all my years of running basketball camps. And I think that's one of the reasons why that we haven't run into a lot of these issues is that we address behavior and essentially our camp culture, which in your case would be your program culture. We address that from the jump. Okay. What are the expectations while we're here at basketball camp? Right. This also means talking about the standards that you have for your high school basketball team and how we want to have those same characteristics as younger players. So as a high school coach, you can say, these are our standards. These are the things that make us successful. And what are those things? Maybe it's doing extra, right? We put in extra work. And you give examples of Billy who, you know, comes in uh, early before school and gets extra shots up, right? You talk about Sarah, who has been really dedicated to 
making time and taking time out of her schedule where she can come in on the gym during the weekends to do some extra skill work. All right. You do extra. That's part of who we are. We do extra. Getting back into how you treat others, the behavior. As a varsity basketball team, we do volunteering, right? We, we clean up, you know, the highway roads, you know, X amount of times a year, right? How do we treat people? How do you treat the custodians? How do you treat parents, teammates? All of these things go into the culture that you're trying to build. It could be very specific. I gave Shooty's example already. As a program, we are successful because we're a really good shooting program. And here's why. And our varsity players have these shot challenges or shooting clubs that we we have track throughout the course of the summer. This is an expectation for our older players. And so you're beginning to lay a foundation for some of the prep work and giving our younger players an idea of what it's going to look like as they continue to go through this program, right? So think about whatever your culture is, okay? Whatever the standards or the pillars are of your program and how you can address those and also embody those throughout your time with these young kids at basketball camp. They are, this is one of the reasons I love coaching high school and junior high. There's such an area for growth. There's such an area to learn. There's so much areas that we can develop, not just as basketball players and athletes, but as people, there's such a big impact that we could make. I had like a 30 year old. Oh, she wasn't 30. Let me say she was probably in her mid twenties. And she came up to me one day. I was at a random high school basketball game. She comes up to me and she says, Steve, going to your basketball camps during the summer, that was always one of the highlights. It was always one of the highlights of my summer was the week where I would go to your basketball camp. I was like, wow, wow, you know? And she wasn't a standout player or anything like that, but that left a mark on her enough so that she wanted to come up to me 10 years later and tell me. Let's not overestimate or underestimate, I should say, the impact that we can have. Let's make sure we do it in a positive way by instilling the culture that we want to develop and build within our program. So that's one. Number two, the fundamentals, emphasis on fun, the five skills of basketball. We have a good presentation on this in coachesedge.coach where I break down some of the things that we cover at our basketball camps. We break down the five basic skills of individual skills of basketball and then how that could look for different age groups as kids start to get older and what some of those skills that we want them to develop could look like. So generally speaking, your five basic skills of the game are ball handling, passing, shooting, defense, and rebounding. And really dribbling, I mean, ball handling is a little more taking care of the ball, pivoting, things like that. So we're just going very basic, dribbling, passing, shooting, defense, and rebounding. So if you're designing a basketball camp and you're putting your lesson plans together, we need to make sure that there's time in there for all of these things. Some more than others, which we can talk about as well. But you want to make sure that you're doing your job teaching these individual skills. This is a great time at your basketball camp 
to show kids the things that they can do on their own. There is a lot, uh, there are many, many, you know, different views of an, an instructional standpoints of how kids learn and, and I'm continuing to learn and, and develop myself. But if you're only teaching gameplay and game actions, what are those kids supposed to do when they're by themselves in the driveway? When they're like, man, I had a really great time at basketball camp. I'd like to keep practicing. But all they did was different types of small-sided games and multiplayer drills. You need to give them a variety of things that they can do on their own. Because that's what separates any really good players. They put in time on their own. It's easy to continue to practice when there's other people around. The really good players separate themselves by putting in extra time. And so it's our job as coaches to be able to show them different skills and drills that they can do on their own, especially in these areas of passing, shooting, ball handling. And then defense, obviously, and rebounding required generally some, some other players, which we would cover at camp as well. But that would be more of a point of emphasis things a lot of times from the rebounding standpoint. And then defense, you can teach some technique in there as well. But there's no way our players should leave camp and not have a whole library in their head of different dribbling, passing, and shooting drills that they could do on their own or with a friend. That's part of the reason you go to camp is to be able to learn, find these new skills so you can continue to develop and improve them later as you go on. Okay. So that is a huge, huge part of it. Now, the fundamentals, emphasis on fun, emphasis on fun. This cannot be a time where you're like, Hey, everybody, we're here for uh, two hours. We're going to do fundamentals for an hour. And then we're going to have some fun and play for an hour bad way to go about it okay because if you're if if your word usage and the way you go about this is hey i know this isn't going to be as much fun we'll save the fun stuff for later they're not going to enjoy it either they're not going to learn as much they're not going to benefit as much they're not going to listen as well and so we need to make fundamentals fun if you're fired up about it they'll be fired up about it Okay, so if we're doing a ball handling drill and we're doing like pound, pound, cross, pound, pound between, pound, pound behind, every time you switch hands, you get a point. If if I'm fired up, they're going to be fired up. If I'm showing some attention and some intensity and some urgency to what I'm doing, they're going to pick up that vibe and then they're going to do it. And then it becomes contagious among the other kids in the gym. And when somebody stands out and when somebody's doing that drill and they're focused. It doesn't mean they're the best at doing it because we want to encourage mistakes. But when you see that kid who's really getting after it, they're focused and they're having fun and they're pushing it, man, show them some love. Shine a spotlight on them so that the other students in that camp can be like, oh, okay, I see I see what we're after and I see what's getting praised here. I can do that too. Because I can give my best effort and I can pay attention and focus on these different drills that we're doing. That's what we want. That's what we want. We want. 
we're not just praising the best players there. What we're praising is the effort, the attention to detail, the listening skills, the communication back into some of the culture. As we teach these fundamentals of the game. And if we can do that, and we can put some time and score to some of our little ball handling drills or relay races or shooting competitions, even defensive shuffles. It's going to be a lot more fun. Kids are going to get a lot more out of it, and they're going to be much more engaged in this part of the camp. It could be the highlight because there are certain players when you go into gameplay, which we'll talk about in a little bit, that are going to dominate. You know this. Bigger, stronger, faster. Maybe they're more skilled and they've been playing longer. So being able to have some time where it's more fundamental focused and not scrimmaging focused now gives those kids a chance to shine who at these younger levels, they may have a real strong skill level in a certain area. They may even win a little ball handling drill or at least be more competitive in a ball handling drill, which is going to benefit them much farther down the road, except it's not shown in their scrimmaging situations because the bigger, stronger, faster kid dribbles really fast up the court, beats everybody down the court, shoots a layup, misses it, but they're tall enough that they can get the rebound, then they put it back up and they put it in. Some of that is real life, yes, but some of that, especially at our younger camp levels, is fool's goal. Those players that are more skilled but maybe not as good as far as basketball results go at an early age often end up being the better players down the road as their body catches up to the skills that they've been working on. So we want to praise those kids and we want to continue to develop those fundamental skills for players while they continue to age up. I could go on and on with that one, but let me do one more thing on the fundamental skills and that's shooting. Shoot a lot. Shoot a lot. Shoot more than you may think you should, even if it's like team shooting competitions. Get a little multiplayer drill action in there, but um, hoops are going against each other for knocking down a shot. Again, it's fun. And you may say, boy, I can't. I can't do these kids justice. There's 50, 40 of them in here. We only have six, six uh, hoops. You know, we don't have a ton of basketballs. Your instruction may be the best instruction they get until basketball season comes around regarding shooting or anything else. And so if it's not the perfect environment, it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it because it could still be the very best opportunity for them to grow and learn in a specific area. And as you know, shooting has never been more vital and important. So make sure you're teaching shots, how to shoot, and you're getting shots up in very different situations. Again, we've done many podcasts on it, block practice, variable practice, randomized practice, um, competitive game, live game situations where a specific shot is something that is a common outcome because of how you design a drill. Those are great ways to do it. So we got one and two. We've talked culture. We've talked about five skills of basketball. Number three is the competition. It's the competition. Now, 
We've never played lightning at any of my camps. And I've been running camps since 2008. Full-time with player development since 2014. And I've been running my own basketball camp since 2008. Let's make it 15 years of running camps. And we've never played a game of lightning at our camps. Now, I'm not hating on it if kids want to do that before a camp, maybe after, things like that. But the reason I use lightning as an example is because I've seen uh, different camps have drills that are set up where it's a lot of people watching a couple people do something. So if you're in lightning or uh, a different ball handling game and you're out, you sit there for minutes at a time just watching other people play. That sucks. That sucks. Okay. So there's a million ways we could compete, but I want as many people competing as possible. So we're different types of one-on-one, different types of three-on-three, different types of two-on-two. When we do a lot of one-on-one, I like to break it down into we work on four different areas of scoring one-on-one. We talk about scoring in transition. We talk about scoring against closeouts. We talk about scoring against help side. We talk about scoring against post play. We work on these things individually, and then we try to sprinkle them in in our larger group three-on-three scrimmaging situations. Kids have a lot of fun. Their reps are very fast. Different kids are rotating in. Depending on numbers, we might do a lot of make it, take it. These go very well, very well, okay? So we want to think about how we can start to incorporate more competition at our camps, but make sure we're choosing drills that are allowing many kids to participate at once. And maybe if you're at a really, really young camp, kids are gassed, and so they would actually rather sit there sometimes because I've done that before or I've gone too hard, too fast. And then kids are really, they don't feel like continuing to play as much basketball throughout the rest of the day because uh, you were doing so many sprints with the ball handling or a finishing drill, whatever that might be. So it is tailored a little bit to be specific, but I think of, you know, basketball camp I went to as a kid, one player's on the basket, they're doing hot shot, 11 kids sitting on the floor watching them do their hot shot for 60 seconds. Then one more kid jumps out. They do their hot shot. And I'm just thinking, man, that's kind of a waste of time, right? Six baskets, six people going, 60 plus people sitting around watching. It doesn't seem like a great use of our time if we're really trying to develop basketball players and have fun and get to play a lot. So find competition where many people have the chance to participate at once right? This is also one of the reasons we limit our camps. I know you're probably just going to welcome as many people as you can to your public school camps, but for the camps that we run privately, we usually cap it at 36 because that puts six players at a hoop. And so if we're running through even a one-on-one drill, it's pretty quick as far as the rotations go, or you might be on one, off two, on one, off two, um, We've incorporated some of the players that are off as passers. So there's 50% chance you're involved in offense, defense, or a pass before you get into the drill. So 
that's quite a bit. Like that's quite a bit. If you think about it, if you're there, if you're going at a high intensity and you're in the gym for three hours or two, or sometimes even more, the amount of exercise that you're doing is big because I mean, you think about anytime you're training and you're doing a workout, you're working on the skill. Your body is also doing the exercise, right? If you take 500 shots, that's 500 times you jumped. That's 500 times that you landed. If you're playing defense, think of how many times you've had to change direction, right? How many sprints, if you were doing a, a dribble move, going to the basket or sideline to sideline, whatever that might look like. So you have the skills that you're teaching. You have the body aspect, the physical exercise that you are exerting. That's another thing. And then the third thing is, is the mind. Are we training the mind, teaching kids to have a better understanding of the game? And we can do that within our competition, right? So competition, culture, five fundamental skills of the game. A couple more things that I'm going to throw at you. Number four, teach offense. Teach offense. I was talking to a friend of mine who's a college coach and he runs some basketball camps as well. And I was, I don't know how we got on the subject, but I was talking about some of the bigger mistakes that I've made throughout the years of running basketball camps and, and doing player development. And it was assuming. And the assumption was that I was assuming players were playing more than they actually were. And so early on in my business, when players came to work with me, I was getting, I was taking deep dives into, into skill development, tons of stuff into footwork, but we weren't doing as much one-on-one -on -one gameplay, teaching offense type situations because I assumed biggest mistake you can make is assuming. I assumed they were already doing enough of these things. And I found out that's not always the case. Some kids are playing too much, in my opinion, as far as the AAU that they're playing, going to open gyms, they're not working on their game at all. But there is another group of players out there who really like doing the training. They like getting shots up, but they don't actually play a whole lot of basketball. And so for me, that's one of the reasons why we try to touch on so many different areas of teaching and learning throughout the course of a basketball camp is because everybody has some different needs. Some players are playing a lot. They need to tweak the skills and get a little more um, refined in those areas. Other players spend a lot of time working on their game more so individually, or if they go to a basketball trainer, but they're not getting some of the actual team components of uh, a small sided game or three on three that they could get at a basketball camp, which is really good for them as well. So being able to teach offense, which let's just break it down simply. Chuck Daly has a famous quote, offense is spacing and spacing is offense, rest in peace. So when we're doing this part of our camp, how are we talking about spacing? What does that look like? And for some of you, you might start already integrating what you do at the high school level and teaching them some of the framework and starting positions at your camp. So we taught spacing. Then we have to teach them, how do you create the advantage? What are ways we can create advantages? 
right? Could be through cuts, through screens, through dribble handoffs, lots of different things that we could do, right? But what are some of the ways that we like to create advantages? You teach them those. When we combine that with the skills that we've already worked on, that's essentially offense, right? Multiple players when we're teaching offense, because we've worked on, if you peel back this podcast, we've talked about the individual skills early, right? Passing, shooting, ball handling or dribbling, defense and rebounding. We've teach, we've taught some of these things individually. We start to build it up. So I like to do a lot of one-on-one competitions and we start to build it up into multiplayer drills, multiplayer actions. Teaching offense could be without defense and then it could be with defense. But we're breaking down, hey, here's what spacing can look like. Here's how we can create some advantages. Let's continue to try to apply some of the individual skills that we've been working on in these game situations. We'll do a lot more of this, and it seems like we do more of this every year because I don't want to say coaches are running a lot of the same stuff, but um, more and more teams are running four and five out. That's obvious, even more so getting into dribble drive. Tons of our coaches edge members are dribble drive. So I can go into a camp and I say, I, I have a really good feel that a lot of these kids are going to be running dribble drive. So I can put them in some of those locations on the court. I can talk about what a single gap is, a double gap is, a, a triple gap is. How come we create more space within the court through cutting or building on some motion, some screening actions, right? And can we combine some of the skills that we've already practiced into these specific types of offenses? So if you came to one of our basketball camps, you might come in and be like, oh, this would really complement dribble drive. You might go to another one and be like, man, this would be like a really good uh, four out one in motion you might go to another and be like, man, this is some really good stuff on uh, zoom action or ball screens, dribble handoffs that would complement different types of offenses out there. Right. And so we're teaching offense while we're getting our, our players to work on their individual skills. That's something we continue to do more and more of each year uh, through our basketball camps. Last one, less talking, more coaching less talking, more coaching. Here's what I mean by that. Good shot. Nice job. Push it. Work harder. Come on. Let's go. These are all statements that are not that helpful. They're not that helpful. Let's be specific. Let's be specific. So, Less talking, more coaching. Less talking, more teaching. How can we be more specific? Say a kid shoots a three, swishes it. Instead of me saying, nice shot, can I use their name? And then can I compliment one aspect of their shot that I really noticed saw was really good? Now I'm reinforcing a specific aspect of the game. They're correlating that shot and the feedback that I just gave them and they're feeling good about it, right? That's more teaching. Now, 
it may take a little more detail when I do decide to speak and teach. But I'm also not going to waste as much time throughout the course of a camp just making noise. Let's go. Let's go. Push. Come on. Let's go. Come on. Come on. Come on. I mean, I'm as guilty of it as anybody, right? But if I can be more specific with my instruction, the better my players are going to become and the more likely it is to stick. If I tell somebody, get lower, what the heck does that mean? What the heck does that mean? Does it mean dribble lower? Does it mean put my head down lower? Does it mean bend my knees lower? Who knows what the heck get lower means? It, I might be thinking kid needs to have a wider base. Well, if you know, if you stand straight up with your feet underneath yourself, or if you start to widen your base out, what are you doing? You're actually getting a little bit lower. So maybe that's what I meant when I said get lower. Was a kid needs to have a wider stance. So instead of me saying get lower, I could tell a, a player, hey, let's get those feet outside of our knees, right? Let's get those feet outside of our knees. Get your feet outside your shoulders, whatever tip you might want to give them. So less of the useless words and more specific when it comes to our communication with our players. Now they're going to leave having learned and remembered some of the important concepts that we've taught throughout the course of our basketball game. They should leave every day. And there should be at least one thing that is really stuck in their mind that stands out to them as far as what was covered, what a coach said to them, what was mentioned to them, that they're going to lock in and remember as a basketball player. Culture. Five skills of basketball. Competition. Make sure it's fun and a lot of people are involved. Teach offense. Spacing, advantages, combined with your skills development. And then as we go throughout our day, less talking, more teaching. Thank you for listening to the Coach's Edge podcast. We have a really good uh, breakdown chart as far as program development on the Coach's Edge website. It talks about first and second grade, third and fourth grade, fifth and sixth grade. And it breaks down those five skills and the, as well as the offense and defensive section of the different things we want players to be able to embody at different age groups. Obviously, there is no perfect answer because kids develop and play basketball at different different age levels. But that's a very helpful one. And I also have a presentation on there about running basketball camps. And we talk about uh, that and what that could look like as well, as well as a bunch of kind of bonus things that make a good camp. You know, um, the music. Do you give out um, like some type of special reward for the hustle player the the person who you know dove on the floor or whatever that might the person who cleaned up after camp was over um talk about you know the, the point emphasis each day each day you come to camp is there a point emphasis something that you're really trying to emphasize from a culture standpoint from a skill development standpoint there's a bunch of extras i would call it in that presentation as well that can be very beneficial for our Coach's Edge members that are running camps. Uh, make sure you check that video out. Even if you have already, it's a good it's a good reminder. Thank you for listening to the Coach's Edge podcast. 
appreciate you. Anything I can do for you, let me know. Contact at KramerBasketball.com. Uh, if you like this enough to leave a positive rating, surely appreciate it. Thanks again and get after today.